Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on January the 31st, 2012. For newcomers, make sure you use the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com because there's hundreds and hundreds of audios to download for free where hopefully you'll understand this big, massive system you're living through. Not just the, the fallout as you live it day by day, but the actual events that caused this system to come into being. The big plan, as they say, this new world order, the global society, the world community, all the same terms that they use for the same thing. And, of course, that's simply to throw people off the fact it's only one organization really running the world. And they've been doing it for a long time. And uh, I, I get beyond that into the, the foundations, the organizations that heads help set this up, that uh, set up massive corporations. They have real big corporations, too. They have the controlling interest shares in all big uh, international corporations as well. They literally run the whole kit and caboodle, banks, military, you name it, and uh, they're on the go. They're, they think they've achieved their goal already, actually. All they have to do now is to remind the general public to, to mind their place. You know, mind your place, stay in your place and do what you're told uh, as we go through uh, the part where they make omelets like Rockefeller said, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs, well we're just the eggshells at the moment, but we'll die off and there'll be other ones to take over from us, so it doesn't really matter too much about that according to the big boys themselves, so go into the website, make use of it because it's documented lots of links and uh, I go through some of the books, too, written by the big boys themselves who love to boast about how they pull it off. It's just that nobody bothers to read them because there's no real sex or, or kinky violence or anything like that in it at all to turn folk on these days. And that's what they did, unfortunately seem to need to read through these kind of books. But it's absent. It's all dry, boring stuff. And once in a while you, you get a paragraph with a, it's a real gem uh, that will really let it out the bag where we're going, uh, what they plan to do. And you've got to put all these extra paragraphs together from lots of books to make sense of their story, because knowledge is deliberately scattered. Now, you can support me, too, by buying the books and discs that I have received at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. I'm not a big business or anything like that, and I don't plan to be. So uh, I need your help to keep me going. I don't bring advertisers on. I don't have shares and products that are sold. Uh, and I don't flog you stuff that's going to make you live forever. So uh, you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughmatrix.com from the U.S. to Canada. You can use a personal check. You can use an international postal money order. You can use uh, uh, PayPal. And you can also uh, send cash. Some people send cash across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. That's what you've got. To Remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome. Now, what I do is I say I chronicle the events as we go through them because... Uh, all we're really doing is looking at the fallouts of the big agenda. For every action, there's always a fallout, you see. And I've said it years and years ago, I should say, for every action is an equal and opposite reaction. And that's picked up well across the board, that little old saying. But it comes from physics, anyway. So, 
And, and it's very, very true that uh, the big boys know exactly what to do, when to do it. They, they knew, they plan everything, including the bank crashes. And they're training us now to be subservient and obedient. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix and, and just talking about the, the things that happen. Actually, most media, you see, dish out the things they talk about uh, every day. And, and we do, of course. And we always go, oh, look what they're doing to us now. And oh my God, they're going to do that next week. Uh, and that's how we're trained as well, you see, to, it makes people fearful. Uh, most folk back off or buckle under or have a nervous breakdown because they, they, they understand, if they understand at all what the agenda is. And others just simply get angry and, and get ulcers, basically. Because nothing is done about it. What you've got is overwhelming force across the whole planet right now in so-called civilized countries, all directed again through treaties uh, from the United Nations. And, uh, and we're going through this world order, which leaves a lot of people upset, of course, because they literally plan to change your entire, entire way of living. Everything that became familiar to you will be completely altered. Youngsters won't have it so bad. I'm talking about people who are young children around maybe seven or eight because they're already being programmed in school uh, for this new society. They're being programmed through their cartoons and through the fiction that they watch too, uh, that, that something has to happen. Something has to happen. That's the mantra. And uh, they're still churning out this mantra today uh, from the United Nations. Something has to happen. We can't go on like this. And, of course, we could have gone on like this for an awful long time, but the fact is it was time to pull the banks in 2008, and uh, and they all knew it too when all the the oversight committees were taken off banking institutions about 10 years or so before that, or 20, whatever it was, and allowed them to do whatever they wanted. They knew they would create the massive bubbles, pocket the cash. They knew they were too big to fail, and they also, because they have their own pals in government, they, they knew they'd get bailed out. So they'd lose nothing, they'd actually gain an awful lot, and, uh, and it would bring the population's uh, spending cash down. It would cause inflation, so if things would cost a living, would go up. And, and in comes this buzzword, austerity. Most folk don't remember the member of the Green Party two or three years ago who stood up and says, we need a war situation. Public, the people during a war, you know, they, they do what they're told from government. They, they do with it a lot less. They sacrifice more for, for the good of, of all, etc., etc. And that's what we need to bring in. Well, it's now called austerity, you see. And you're being trained to be awfully austere. Uh, plus, of course, this, uh, this private club, the G20, and it is a private club because no one in, in any population voted it in. Nothing was written in any charter to even allow it to happen. Uh, and they just went ahead and made their own private club because, you see, they are transnational. And everything which is transnational is promoted by the United Nations. They actually say that in their charter. They, they, they promote anything at all which is transnational, even the Olympic Games. That's why we spend billions on something that nobody watches. So so the G20 went ahead and made their own little club, and then they draft up treaties and sign it, and you're now international. Simple as that, you see. No citizen gets a say in the matter. It's just done. That's it. And now, of course, they're redistributing your wealth across the world, which is your tax cash, 
and you're spending money uh, because you're to help the poor nations now. And of course it's not to help the poor nations, as I say, it's to help the international corporations that put bases in these poor nations. So we're under a form of fascism, but it's combined with communism at the same time too. Very interesting because, as I've said before, the big bankers uh, set up the system uh, a long time ago, long time ago, and they helped promote communism, and they funded it too, especially from the, the U.S. side. Uh, Baruch and lots, lots of the big bankers funded it directly, in fact, shift as well. And, uh, and then they got the countries, in, f- in fact, under charity, uh, dishing out cash to, to support communism as well. That was something uh, that went on for quite a few years. And then the West fed them, the whole Soviet system, right up until they decided that they were not communists anymore, supposedly. The whole idea, of course, was just like the, the dialectic. It was to give a space where technology would um, rush ahead for this technological era that they wanted to bring in. They couldn't do it without a cold war, or they're going to nuke us at any time, you see. And, of course, both sides went ahead and uh, really stuck our our cash, our tax money, into research for the big multinational corporations that now have eyes in the sky, that now monitor all of us through a thousand different methods, etc., etc. All planned this way. They couldn't have done it, you understand, without the Cold War. But Lenin said the same thing, too. He says about 70 years, uh, that's how long the dictatorship will last of the Soviet uh, and he says uh, eventually it will merge into the West and out of that will come something not quite communist and not quite capitalist and this is the merger where they run you on a socialist basis you see socialism is the key that was what was to come out of it under socialism big bankers and those who want to rule can leave it all to massive levels of bureaucracy and agencies to deal with all the peasants at the bottom and, of course, under socialism, uh, uh, countries or regions now, of course, they call it, will eventually go to the bankers and beg for their loans and then put you all down as collateral, as they're doing right now, you see. You're collateral, and you are also the guarantor for all those loans that you dish out to foreign countries. They always renege on them. They know this is a, a game that we go through. And then, of course, we immediately re- refinance them for another loan, and you're put down back home as a guarantor once again. This is how the coin game works. But most people can't really uh, stick on the, the facts. They don't really want to know how it got to be this way. Most people, uh, they, they, they're so caught up in the daily um, uh, fear given to us by the mainstream media. The mainstream media is pretty well owned and run by the Council on Foreign Relations. If you go into the CFR website, you, you will find, for instance, that in their own writings, now they never used to do this, but in their own uh, talks about the Middle East and wherever else they're going into and planning the future, uh, they used to uh, just mention a writer's name who did the report. Now they tell you the writer and the newspaper he works for or the magazine, because you see they have their members in every, every newspaper and magazine company across the planet. So there is, everything is really in the open if you care to see it. And of course... Uh, they put their own magazine out, Tomb of Foreign Affairs, which always tells you what's going to happen. Because, you see, their part, they actually build themselves as one of the biggest think tanks that advises governments across the world. So do the other ones, too, the Brookings Institute and various other ones, RAND Corporation, lots and lots and lots of them, uh, just advising government on strategies on behalf, again, of this global structure, this global society. 
but they also have thousands of other ones working with psychologists, neuroscientists, etc., whose sole job it is is to to monitor the public. They get all the data directed to them, uh, redirected to them from the big corporations, internet service providers, and universities, and they're all working on you, how to control you. How does how is so how are they feeling today? What's the pulse of the general public? And they can vary things or distract you once again if you're getting too keenly interested in the goings-on across the planet of your, and the involvement of your own governments. So many ways to keep us uh, distracted, entertained, or simply off balance. Off balance. And as we all go down the tube, supposedly, for the sake of the globals, the greater good, you know, the greater good of, of the global society, there's no end of money going into police and military because there will be riots when, when, when it's time. There will be riots. There's no doubt about it. They're planned for riots for 30 years, which tells you, tells you they knew exactly when they'd pull the plug on the banks more than 30 years ago when they set up all the different paramilitary organizations that started with the police, who definitely became paramilitary, training with, with the, the military and so on. Now, they also like to dish out uh, and boast about the, the cost of things and, and the new toys that are going to all bash you in the head or whatever they're going to do with them. This article here is from Wired, and they're boasting about uh, soldiers could one day conduct covert operations in complete secrecy. Now that Pentagon-backed physicists have figured out how to mask entire events by distorting light. Well, this is one of these, the, the latest arm uh, they've been doing this for quite a few years, uh, where they have cloaking devices, as they like to call them. They've hidden tanks before by really putting lights uh, from the front of the tank or the back of the tank and the front of the tank through all these little um, silicon-based tubes, etc. And you won't see, you'll see the, the trees, nothing but trees, whatever. And this article goes on about uh, uh, their latest uh, offering to the, the military. It says, it's the first time that scientists have succeeded in masking in an event, though the research teams have in recent years made remarkable strides in cloaking objects. Researchers at the University of Texas, Dallas, last year harnessed the mirage effect to make objects vanish. In 2010, physicists at the University of St. Andrews made leaps towards making metamaterials to trick human eye into not seeing what was right in front of them. Eventually, you'll have these characters, a whole army, you know, <laughs> standing behind you or in front of you or something. You won't see them. On the street, that is. You know. Masking an object entails bending light around the object. If the light doesn't actually hit the object, then the object won't be visible to the human eye. But it's big bucks. That's no problem because, you see, you're in endless pits of taxis. And uh, when you get soaked, you simply take out the towel and wring it out again, you know, and stick it back in. And it's not bad, eh? It's not bad. That's the whole idea of nations is simply to tax you. And, you know, when you change your country of origin or, or whatever, or your residence, uh, when you apply to move to another country through your own government and through um, uh, the, the other country's consulate, they actually haggle over who owns you. That's what it's all about. Because you, if you're young enough, you're a productive unit, you see. That's what, that's what it is. You're a tax-based unit. And uh, that's what they're haggling over. And, and they come to an agreement and a little payoff to the company that's getting left. And the, then you're taken on to the new country. And, and that's what citizen is, you see. The elite set up this whole idea of nations a long time ago. Nation, A natural nation, of course, didn't, didn't sign anything into anything or didn't have parliaments and 
etc. Didn't have that. In fact, even Scotland used to have, have basically gatherings of the peoples, you know, when everybody got their say, much like the American Indians. And that, that was the only true form of government you could have. But once you start this legal stuff, oh, they bring the lawyers and the guys with the big wigs and the big black cloaks and their missives down to their knees, then, then it's a different story. They can change anything. And, and you still think you've got a country uh, until you wake up one day and, well, all these bosses seem to own it. And you have no say at all. Back with more after this. Hi, folks. I'm back, cutting through the Matrix. And talking about the system, the big system we all grew up into, and most folk adapt and adapt and adapt, as we are the most adaptable species on the planet, as they say, the behaviorists' school says. So it's very, very true. We adapt to everything, and the young do it too. They, they think everything's wonderful when they're given all these you know, smartphones and everything else and games, and they think it's just great. So they all adapt very quickly into the changes. Uh, the, the, the generation that went before them were already adapted into going, getting searched sometimes in schools, going through metal detectors and all that kind of stuff. So they're ready. They were already prepared years ago for, uh, of course, the TSA and uh, uh, going through all the different detectors there under X-rays. Uh, they're, not, they're not stupid at the top. They plan sometimes 50 years, 60, 70 years in advance of what's going to happen down the pike. And but three years ago, the papers all came out with the, the, the fact that uh, the big think tanks had talked about, I think it was four years ago, oh, there could be a summer of rage, and it didn't happen that year. But they knew it was going to happen. How did they know it was going to happen? Because eventually last year, there was a, that little piddling little thing, really it wasn't as big as it they made out to be, in London primarily, and across some parts of England. And, um, of course, a lot of youngsters started to go on, on, on a looting spree, I've no doubt they had their instigators here to, to, it's time to go, lads, let's go and loot. Because you see, the government does have them planted all over the place. Now, here's the reaction to it, which is exactly what the government always wanted. Hundreds of soldiers from the 3rd Battalion, the Parachute Regiment. The Parachute Regiment are shock troops. These are the ones they sent in initially into Northern Ireland that sparked off the troubles for years. You don't send paratroopers in to, to, to the streets, folks. Definitely not in your own country. <laughs> the parachute regiment spent last week learning how to contain and arrest rioters in a series of exercises mirroring last summer's violence. Defence sources have confirmed that if violence were to return to British cities, especially during the Olympic Games, or see again this, this supranational organisation, the paras would be ideally placed to provide short-term support to police forces around the UK. You can't use para; they're gung ho. I mean, they're, they're, they're trigger happy. That's what they're for. That's what shock troops are for. So they're going to support police around the UK. That's the whole country, just for the Olympics. Does that mean that the whole of Britain is going to have troops in the streets just because of these stupid games? And you're left with nothing but a massive bill at the end of it for the taxpayers. It says such a request would have to be made by the Home Office and would have to be, uh, would have Prime Ministerial approval according to the source. During the exercises at the Lloyd or the Lyd training base in Kent, the elite troops were pelted with petrol bombs and missiles and fought running battles with gangs of protesters as part of the battalion's public order training. They've got whole camps set up for that, like miniature towns and so on, and, and that's, they've had them for years. 
The battalion is the lead unit in the Airborne Task Force, the Army's premier rapid response unit. Remember years ago I read about the articles that said that eventually in the future, now that we're all global, we'll have nothing but rapid response forces. Remember that term? Well, here it is. The Army's premier rapid response unit and can be called on to deal with a wide range of emergency situations from hostage rescue to riot control around the world, it says. So, so there you go. It's all in your face. And by the way, you're going to have at least a minimum of, of uh, actually up to 2050 to say this, this kind of situation is going to exist with, with, with the wars going on across the world. They've got a few countries to take out after Iran and Syria. And uh, uh, up to the 2020 and beyond, in fact. Uh, so you have terrorism at home, terrorism at home, uh, and, of course, uh, losing more and more rights as we go along. Because you're all suspect, you understand. You might get uh, a, a sudden overcoming of, of, of Muslim faith that just comes out the blue. Boom, and away you go, you see. And, uh, and, and you know it's all a con. This is a con and excuse to change the entire planet into technocracy. Technocracy is supposedly a science. Uh, the commies were all for it too. And so were a lot of the right-wing guys too. Because literally it would come down to energy units. You're all energy units. You consume energy, etc., etc. And uh, you'll pay uh, for every part of, of energy as food. All the energy made to make that food. Uh, uh, clothing, everything, you'll pay for that to the big boys. Massive tax base for that. Massive. Yep. And that's the wonderful world they have prepared for all of us. Because every country is going through it, you understand. Nothing happens in one country today when it's and, and not happening in another across the world. It's all happening across the board at the same time. I mentioned too last night the UN panel aims for a future worth choosing. It's kind of like Obama. The change is good. Doesn't explain what the change is. A future worth choosing would depend who you are, wouldn't it? And it depends what it's all about, about too. But it's the lead up to the Rio summit, the Rio part two, uh, Rio 20, they call it. And, um, that's where sustainability came out of, uh, uh the, the biodiversity treaty came out of, agenda 21 came out of, the Millennium Project came out of, you can't use your land anymore because of this, this, and this. Uh, you can't put, uh, you can't take the water from that well. It's not yours, even though it's right under your house or whatever. Uh, it all belongs to the global community. You know, you have to pay for all that. This is the planned society. The planned society, where those who are deemed worthy to have the brains to rule the rest shall rule the rest. And gone are all choices for you guys down at the bottom. And I'm talking about all choices, even if you might, you want to get married or whatever. No, they'll tell you if you can or will not. And eventually you won't because they, they're going to breed you in a different fashion. Your offspring will serve them well. Back with more after this break. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix. Uh, years ago I mentioned uh, and I put up on the website in the archive section at cuttingthroughthematrix.com it was a report put out by the think tank 
that works for the British uh, military and for NATO countries. And they give us a whole scenario for the next 30, 40 years, including massive riots uh, across uh, the civilized countries over food, by the way, food, uh, unemployment, uh, poverty, etc. We didn't know we were going to get that poor, but we weren't told then that we're going to redistribute our wealth across the world. <laughs> the communist plank, eh? But anyway, um, these things, they think they put it out and, um, they talked about even using neutron bombs, small battlefield neutron bombs on massive crowds, uh, that would gather uh, spontaneously, flash crowds, flash mobs, they called them, and, and in their own countries. The one that they put out subsequently, I think last year, a year ago, I put it up too, at cuttingthroughbreaks.com, it really toned it themselves down a bit because they realized it went too much out the bag and there's actually people out there reading it. Most folk don't read this stuff, you see. But they, they give us the whole future. And I might put that up again tonight, the first one, because it really lets the cat out the bag. They knew about all the things that were coming down the pike long before they had, anything happened. And um, it shows you we're living through an agenda. We also know, too, and I've mentioned over the years, of the depleted uranium that they've uh, used across the world uh, from the munitions, American and British munitions. I think it's mainly America that uses it now. And um, we've seen the, the even mainstream uh, deformations of children, genetic uh, abnormalities in Iraq and other countries. Tonight I'll put one up from Afghanistan because we really have hammered that country for a long time. And... Uh, it will really show you mutations and really pretty horrible. But uh, if you can, you understand reality is not tailor-made for you. It doesn't say, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm sensitive. Uh, tone it down. No, no. If it, if you, can't be, you either know the reality of life or you know no reality at all. And I've said it before, if you can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen. There's so many people who say, I want truth, I want truth. They can't handle it, most of them. What they want is someone to do, to clean it all up for them and go back to a nice, you know, comfortable 70s era where things weren't too bad. That's what most folk truly want. Well, it's not going to happen. We're not in fiction here. We're in reality. And that's all you can deal with. All the tools you were given, and I've always said this myself, politics, everything else, is a racket. It's just a puppet show for the public. All the tools, all the grievances that you could put into different departments are a waste of time. Because we're not in democracy. We're post-democratic. And even when we were in democracy, it didn't work very well either. The tools you're given are made of rubber, and you try to use them, and they bounce, they bounce off the road. So this, tonight I'll put up this uh, victims of uranium munitions used by U.S. forces in Afghanistan. And you should look at these things because that's the effect that you'll have in your own countries, according to that, that think tank, that worked for the military and the government and all NATO countries, where they plan to use, you know, small nukes, basically, battlefield nukes on you if you riot. And don't say, oh, I won't be rioting. I'd never join those hooligans. Well, you may be starving by then. Think about it. Think about it. Like they're not going to miss little old you because you're good. You're good. I follow the rules. What happens when you lose your job? What happens the next round of mortgage crashes comes along and you're on the street? We're all in the same boat, folks. Better think about it. And then, of course, Mr. Assange is in the show business. Maybe it's always been that way. I don't know. 
And it says, Assange, to appear on Simpsons episode. Well, I, I don't care if you waterboarded me. I'd, I'd never go and do anything on The Simpsons. It's a play, by the way, on apes, if you don't, don't get it. The simps, you see. Simeon. And this is what they call them, simps, chimps. It's a play on all of you. Look at the faces of, of the cartoon characters. It's, it's mocking you. That's what that's all about. Always was. And was the vile way, too. But again, vile's normal now, isn't it? Vile's pretty normal. And I'm also putting up a National Whistleblowers Center tonight, too. And it's uh, Whistleblowers Expose the FDA's Illegal Surveillance of Employees. And it says that uh, it's reporting today's Washington Post, six current and former employees of the Food and Drug Administration have filed a complaint against the FDA in U.S. District Court. Employees are seeking an injunction to stop the agency from illegally spying on employees' private communications to Congress and other oversight agencies. Because, you see, uh, the FDA is not there to, uh, to... It's a Food and Drug Administration. It's not, it doesn't say to make safe food or safe drugs. It's a Food and Drug Administration. You understand? It's there to ensure there's enough uh, stuff in, in your food and all the rest of it to make you dumb and stupid and so on. And big, you know, big pharma has got the place staffed with their own boys. So is Monsanto. They're all in there. It's not for the people. Nothing's for the people. Nothing's for the people. Do you think big, powerful people, when democracy came in, says, okay, uh, we'll sit back and allow the people to have a big say in things and set up organizations for themselves? No, this wasn't set up by any people. This was set up by the same people who, who, who run the corporations. Going to Bernays, Bernays was the first guy to come out with these organizations as, as a, a marketing stunt. He would get three scientists together uh, when he would have a client in with something. He'd call them professionals. he says, say, you don't have to turn up uh, to this little office, uh, this dingy little office I'll, I'll rent. Uh, just put your name down as experts and, and, and so on. And that will give credence, you see, to this particular thing that I'm going to sell. That's how that whole thing started up. You don't have to turn up. Just I'll give you so, much, so many thousand bucks a year for having your name on it. And I'll get some little floozy off the street to answer the phones. And um, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how they started these things off. It's like the Department of Disease Control. They, you know, they control diseases. They don't eliminate them. They control them. They decide where it's going to go. Everything's in Orwellian in the real world. Anyway, here they are spying on their employees who are trying to, you know, people, the few folk that's always there with conscience who don't like what's happening about the folk getting poisoned with uh, what's put out there for us to consume or take and drugs and so on. Uh, so I'll put this link up to it, cuttingthroughmedias.com, and you can see that for yourselves. Value-added tax is still to come to America. Uh, Americans, again, like most things, they don't think it'll happen to them, but it's a must-be because, you see, the CFR is part of the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And, of course, they have their World uh, International Affairs Associations, one for Europe, two for the European Union, for all the parliamentarians and uh, the commissars at the top. So they run the world, basically. 
And the whole idea of free trade, which again came out from the Milner Group that came, that eventually blended with the Cecil Rhodes Society, with Rothschild and the rest of them, and became the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Their whole idea was to bring in a world of free trade, uh, only for themselves, of course, big corporations. You try and get free trade and see what happens to you. It's, it's bad enough sometimes trying to get a parcel in from the States and in Canada. A parcel of whatever, you know. But anyway, um, the idea is that all your import duties will be phased out from those countries that have signed the international agreements for free trade. So the government has to make up all that cash somewhere, and they, they've introduced value-added tax. In Canada, uh, Mulroney tried to bring it in under a value-added tax. Everybody said, no, no, boo, boo, boo. So they called it GST, which is value-added tax, by a different name. You know, a rose is still a rose, right? So, in France, it says, Sarkozy's lawmakers back sales tax increase, which is opposed by the public. So it's its own clique there of socialists who will back him uh, as he jacks up the, the, the value-added tax. Uh, a lot of countries are, some payments, countries are paying 25% or more, and it says he's putting it up to 21.2%. That's on everything that you buy. And all services too. That's on top of your electricity bills, everything. Stamps, postal, everything. You pay 21.2% tax. Well, the U.S. hasn't quite got that one yet, but they will shortly because the U.S. has signed more and more free trade deals with the Pacific Rim countries and with other blocks, as I like to call them, or regions. And wait till you get that, because they got it in Britain too. It's on food now too, I believe. But what can you do, eh? Another article is Davos, or Davos is just an ego trip for the 1%. It's an article about what they do there in reality and uh, how they make their little deals together and beat their chests about all the poor folk in the world. But it's more than that. They're back doors too and back uh, back rooms where the big boys make their, their other big dis- business trips, big business decisions, I should say. Also, I can never get this. You know, people get it all the time. You're being spied on by every electronic device you use, but they, they can't shut their mouths. I mean, really, they can't, can they? And they really think that no one's listening to them, even though everything the mainstream keeps telling you. Well, these two tourists from Britain came over to the States, and one twittered, and they're all joking away. One says, I'm going to destroy America and dig up Marilyn Monroe. So the British pair were arrested in the U.S. on terror charges over Twitter jokes. Arrested for terror, right? Two British tourists were barred from entering America after joking on Twitter. They were going to destroy America and dig up Marilyn Monroe. Lee Van Bryan, 26, was handcuffed and kept under armed guard in a cell with Mexican drug dealers for 12 hours after landing in Los Angeles with pal Emily Bunting. The Department of Homeland Security flagged him as a potential threat when he posted an excited tweet to his pals about his forthcoming trip to Hollywood, which read, Free this week for quick gossip. Prep before I go and destroy America. You see, I know, they actually think they can just carry on joking. They're getting watched and listened to. Everybody is. Everybody is. After making their way through the passport control, Los Angeles International Last Monday, after the pair were detained by armed guards. Despite telling officials the term destroy was British slang for party, uh, they were held on suspicion for planning to commit crimes and had their passports confiscated. So it gives you a, a list of the words that can land you in hot water. Uh, the, the Homeland Security was recently criticized over false accounts it set up on Twitter. 
It says, um, uh, these are then used to scan networks for sensitive words and then for tracking the people who use them. Online Privacy Group, the Electronic Privacy Information Center, requested information on the Department of Homeland Security's scans, which it says the agency announced in February last year. The group claims that a request on their Freedom of Information Access uh, Act to access and documentation has gone unanswered. You understand? There's a whole bunch of them, and I'll give you. The, I'll put them there. If I actually say them, <laughs> if I actually say the words, you know, I might get a visit. Just ordinary words. Well, you use them all the time. So, uh, and, and that immediately flags you. That's an old system they've had up for years, actually. But uh, everyone thinks they're safe. This, they record your conversations forever. If you ever forget anything about yourself or any form you fill in, just phone them up. They'll tell you what to do. They've got all your, your information there. If you go to court or anything, you can't remember what you did in 10 years ago on, on, on April the 17th at 10 p.m., just ask, they'll tell you. I'm not kidding. This is freedom, eh? This is what you don't mind. This is what you've adapted to. Really? Really? Hmm. And now, Zach from Maine is hanging on the line. Are you there, Zach? Hello, Alan. Hello. I I happened to hear uh, your last half of your talk today on... uh the Alex Jones uh, program there, and uh, I figured I'd, I'd call in. Uh, I, I missed the first half because I was out walking my dog. I know they don't have any dogs in the modern utopia, but uh, l- luckily, <laughs> luckily, I still have one to keep me company. But uh, you can you can buy an, an electronic one. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, I you remember can buy seeing those. If, I don't know, might have been a decade ago, promoting those little. That's right. Uh, Robo dogs or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, there was a first question from somebody that uh, that called in on the on Alex's program, uh, and uh, he was talking about if there was, you know if there's any hope for the system. And you said uh, you got to be careful about uh, groups and, and the individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, with what you were saying earlier at the start of your talk today about a lot of answers are found in you know old books. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, it reminded me of uh, Bertrand Russell's Icarus or The Future of Science. Mm-hmm. It was just a little little couple of quotes that, if you wouldn't mind, uh, sure. just wanted to pass along. It seems like it's the precursor to his impact on science, science on society. Yeah. But are you still there? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it says, uh, in consequence of scientific inventions which facilitate centralization and propaganda, groups become more organized, more disciplined, more group conscious, and more docile to leaders. The effect of leaders on followers is increased, and the control of events by a few prominent personalities becomes more marked. And then he goes on further uh, in the same uh, chapter on the increase of organization. It says, I should wish, for my part, to preserve free competition between ideas, though not between individuals and groups, but this is only possible by means of what an old-fashioned liberal would regard as interferences with personal liberty, so long as the sources of economic power remain in private hands, there will be no liberty except for the few who control those sources. 
That says quite a bit right there without saying much at all, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, he was a big player in, in what we're going through now. He helped set this system up. And, and even parts of this, the cultural changes we've gone through since then to the present. And he worked with the Macy Group, the Frankfurt Group as well, the Frankfurt School. And he was given permission by the U.S. president to help alter the culture of America into this very system we're in today. Massive player. And when he, whatever he said, it wasn't just a, 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 a wish thing or a daydream he was having. He was telling you as how it was going to be. And they already knew, uh, of course, through previous experiments in other countries, that groups are awfully important. The communist system, for instance, in America, they had hundreds of groups, front groups, a lot of followers who were well-meaning, you know, even church groups who didn't know they were involved in communism and pushing all the ideas. And they do become more docile, and the more charismatic the personality is leader, the more docile they become because most folk like celebrity-type status. In fact, they like, you know, if Jesus came back, they wouldn't follow him because he's too poor. I mean, that's the American psyche. you got to get someone who's pretty rich or doing well, and then they'll follow and uh, uh, if a poor person does it, they'll say, well, who are you when you're standing in rags, you know? Who are you to tell us what's best for us? Or, you know? They won't listen to you. That, 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 that's, the, that's an Achilles heel in the American psyche. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of what you were just saying about, you know, you only listen if, if someone's rich or they dress well. Yeah. It was a part of a book. I forget who the guy was. It was like 1700s, The Fable of the Bees. That's so right. I, I, I put that up before. Society is built upon like the vices and That's right. Yeah. Of the, 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 the thanks for calling. That's the music then. Yeah. Hi, folks. I'm back cutting through the matrix and we've got time to get Janet in from London. And she's there. Are you there, Janet? Yes, hello, Alan. Hello. All right. Uh, just briefly there, you mentioned Jesus. I mean, they didn't really listen to him the first time around either because he was seen as, mm-hmm. you know, the son of a carpenter and yeah. not the, the great King David or a character like that that they were expecting. That's know, right. So. It, wasn't, it wasn't bedecked in jewels, no. no. Well, this is it, and he wasn't going to wasn't going to kick the Romans out either, you know. But no, he wasn't. You know, yeah. you know. But we've we've got his words now in the New Testament, and it would behove us to to, to be fit us to, to to take a look at it and be guided by that, because we certainly need guidance in this day and age, and um, it's all in there. Well, you, we're not getting it from politics. But the reason politics. the reason that I was uh, called in was because you mentioned the London riots and you mentioned the parachute regiment in Northern Ireland, yeah. and of course on the 30th of January. Uh, it was the 40th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. Yeah. And uh, that was that was uh, uh, when the parachute regiment opened fire on a civil rights, what was in fact a civil rights That's right. march and demonstration. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 when the London riots, I live in London, I'm on the border with Hackney, and mm-hmm. when the, the riots kicked off here, as a result again of an injustice, um, the atmosphere very much reminded me of Northern Ireland yeah. and the, the, the judicial repression and the, the police crackdown reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. And when you say that the, the paras are being primed again, that, that it, to me, is a very frightening proposition. It, it's, it's, in the, it's, it's telling you what's coming down. Yeah. Yeah. 
because it happened in a part of the UK which you know it's Northern Ireland we're kind of we're second class not really not you know not British you know not not quite human a little colony so it, of it, London it could have been done, it was, they were able to do what they did then in the 70s that's right. But if that's the situation now, you know, uh, uh, now in the 21st century on the mainland, as yes. they call it, yep. uh, that's quite frightening. It's very frightening. Plus, they have a lot more technology to use on the public. They've got those uh, shields. It literally, is, it's like a um, folding concertina that go across the streets. And, and then they can uh, pulse off you different kinds of microwaves and everything else. Uh, they've got this, this has been set up years ago, you understand. Today has been set up many years ago, but when you send in shock troops, it's like spend, sending the SAS in to, to, to fight a, a bunch of uh, school protesters. Uh, this tells you they're looking at lethal force. They did pass a law, mind you, that it, when the riots start again, uh, they will use, the police will use uh, live rounds, live bullets this time, not rubber bullets or whatever. And, of course, that's going to be done by the paras as well, obviously. Yeah. Well, I would say to the youth, stay off the streets, and that's coming from someone who has seen it in Northern Ireland. Stay off the streets. Don't get yeah. drawn out onto the streets because we're not going to be judged by what happens to us. We're going to be judged by our own actions. So, you know, there is still yeah. a difference between good and evil. There's, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the mob mentality. I keep telling people, be careful about the mob mentality. It can draw you in. It can suck you in in times of excitement. But you've got to remain an individual. And believe you me, organized groups are so, I've always said, they're so easily taken over and used. And then you wonder how you end up in the big prison camp. It's, it's so easy. You're, you're right on. But thanks for calling. Sadly. Yep. Uh, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.